Hello, everyone. This is Joyce Davis, Pin Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor. And this is Battleground PA. We're coming to you right in the midst of what I would say is a fired up election season with only really a few more weeks to go. So stay tuned. We have our analysts, Jeffrey Lord and Rajette Harris, waiting in the wings to tell you just what's going on as we head to the finish line. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. This is Battleground PA, a pen live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, I am back. And if you would like to join me, Joyce Davis, Pen Live's Outreach and Opinion Editor, or to ask some questions of Rajette Harris or Jeffrey Lord, our analyst, you can do so. You can send an email to uh, topics at battlegroundpa.org, or you can check us out on Facebook or on Twitter at battlegroundpa. So hang in there. We're getting ready to get started to talk about all of these exciting developments as we head toward November 3rd. And let me call in uh, the the help I need to talk through these things. And that's Rajet Harris. Welcome, Rajet, who's uh, on the Democratic side of things. How are you this morning? Very good. Excited. 20 days to Election Day. And uh, I I am bringing in uh, former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder tonight uh, to speak to Democrats here in Dauphin County in the central PA area. Um, So very exciting day. That is exciting. Sounds like you're trying to rev things up here in the in the battleground, Rajet. You should stop that now. <laughs> right, right, right Jeffrey. <laughs> How you doing, Jeffrey Lord? I am just fine. And on my side, I will be spending some time this afternoon with uh, Laura Trump. Oh, what's happening there? She will be uh, the featured speaker at an event at uh, Allenberry in uh, Boiling Springs. And I think if I understand this correctly, she will have with her uh, former ambassador and director of the national intelligence, Rick Grinnell. Okay, well, we've got uh, some star power coming here to to this battleground. Uh, do you think, uh, Joyce? Do you think this says anything about the importance of Pennsylvania <laughs> and Central Pennsylvania? <laughs> the battleground. But Jeffrey, is your event uh, virtual or is it in person? No, it's in person. Ah, and I will okay. be there. Yep. Okay, mine is virtual with the uh, former attorney general. Ours is virtual. So, Jeffrey, you're not concerned about uh, spreading the virus? Is it going to be all everyone wearing masks? Because we've seen so many of these things on the Republican side that it's yeah. You can't get into Allenberry without a mask. Okay, so they they're going to at least be taking temperatures and doing that kind of thing to make sure people are. Protected. I don't know about temperatures, but certainly masks for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I, I have no idea what happens once once inside, but um, Alan Barry, like every other, you know, place of business has got a mask sign up. Yeah, because that, frankly, for for many people, they look at these things and they think well, it just makes no sense. It's foolish to not <laughs> to have these big events. I mean, the president just had one and I was so disturbed. I, I don't know how you felt, uh, Rajet, but I was so disturbed to see these people, young people out there, many of them Latinos and, and African-Americans. And I just thought, you're going to take that home to grandma and kill her. I mean, I, that, that's just what came to my mind, you know. I don't know what's worse, the fact that the president continues to be reckless are that individuals 
are attending these events. You know, I blame both sides. Yeah, um, the event that I'm having tonight uh, with Eric Holder, you know, and maybe it's a party issue because we wouldn't have as big as participation if I would have had our normal in-person fall dinner like we normally would have. Obviously, we all would like to have it, but it's just not safe right now. Um, our volunteers won't even knock on doors in Canvas. They're, they were doing lit drops, mm -hmm. but I think it's a mindset between the two parties. It's just very unfortunate because this crisis should have united us instead of be using, being used as a dividing force. Well, Jeffrey, I'm going to say, I know you're going, and I know you have your views on this, but we, we, we do wish that you would be careful and be safe and take care of yourself. Um, don't I, let I will. I went to the Trump rally here the other week in Harrisburg. 15,000 people, lots of people had masks on, not everybody, but lots of people had masks on. And I watched on television last night, the president in Johnstown, and it was the same sort of thing. I mean, they, they have this sort of down pat here, but I mean, make no mistake. These are people meaning in the audience, nobody's forcing them to go. They're voluntarily quite enthusiastically showing up. Um, and in terms of canvassing, um, my doorbell rang um, last towards the end of last week, and there was a young woman there with a Trump T-shirt and her cell phone and a list, and she was going door to door. So um, I think probably it is a difference in the political party's approach to this. Well, you you guys have pointed out something. It is a, a question of personal responsibility, except I'm going to tell you, I fall down even stronger uh, probably on this line in that you shouldn't be allowed to do this if it's killing other people. Um, that's just how I feel. I, I, I have a stronger take on this, and I know you guys are probably together on personal responsibility and personal safety, but when you do stuff that then goes out and jeopardizing the rest of the community, to me, that is criminal. That's drawing the line. But we'll Can I bring up one quick point, though? Yes, please. But I also think it shows the difference between our two presidential candidates. As we all know, there should be a second presidential debate tomorrow night. Um, because of the president's diagnosis of having coronavirus, along with, you know, a dozens and dozens of staff members, even his wife, you know, they decided to do it virtually so that the American people could still have a town hall format where they could ask both candidates together their questions. You know, again, the selfishness and narcissism that we, we see with this president on a daily basis, because he couldn't have it his way, he backed out of it. You know, it wasn't the Democrat side. It wasn't former Vice President Joe Biden. It was uh, President Trump because he couldn't have what he wanted. I personally think because he performed so badly at the last debate, he just used that as an excuse to back out of this one. But, you know, the American people have a choice. That's the point I'm making as to which a clear choice as far as which type of leadership that they want on this issue. Well, that, I'm sure well, I, I, I I would disagree, of course. Uh, the president is not transmissible. He's, he, he doesn't have the virus. Uh, he can't give it to anybody. Um, Joe Biden used this as an excuse to back out because he did so badly in the debate. <laughs> well, no, Joe so Biden said he was going to do the debate. It was the president that said, no, I will not participate. Again, that's he, on record. He and didn't it want wasn't to do Joe the Biden that decided to do virtual. It was the debate commission, which is an independent commission. So let's, yeah, let's get the facts so sure out about there. That. Let's, let's get the facts. But even still, I'm not, so, I'm you know, not so sure there is independent. It's, it's, no it's, one should have the right to risk their own health uh, because of one person. That's the point. So a virtual well, debate still would have accomplished the same thing.
I do think we need a little leadership here that's going to uh, err on the side of safety. Uh, and I, I, I also don't see why we couldn't just get a clear uh, debate going, you know, as a webinar. We're doing it all the time in our in our professional lives, but that was his decision. So the American people simply won't be informed. And let's hope they go forward with another one that makes sense, where they actually discuss issues. So, but let's let's move on because uh, you know the other thing is though we do have I think is Pence coming here this weekend, uh, Jeffrey to 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 Pence. You know, I I honestly don't know. I think he is. You got me on that one. Yeah, I think he's headed here uh, to a rally uh, in Berks County, I believe. And but uh, is the president slated to be back in town at, at some point, or or or, or, or Vice President Biden? Oh, oh I'm sh I'm sure the president will be back in Pennsylvania. I mean, we've got what twenty some odd days, and uh, I, I I will say this: I think the Trump campaign, and they're not alone. I mean, I think the Biden campaign feels the same way. That Pennsylvania is the dead center of this of this election. So I expect to see, you know, all kinds of people from the Trump end and from the Biden end floating in here, in and out of the state. Um, that could mean anywhere from obviously from Erie to, you know, Bucks County. Uh, uh, Rajet, do you have any dates on when, when the vice president or Kamala Harris will be back in town? I do not. Now, Vice President Biden was in Erie, Pennsylvania this past weekend. Yeah. Um, and I, I do agree with Jeffrey. We're going to see both campaigns here pretty frequently in the next 20 days. Well, let me let's say that since we brought up uh, Kamala Harris, boy, have we been watching the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. How are people feeling about that? I mean, that's. Uh, Kamala Harris kind of gave her a little bit of a grilling and and put the uh, Affordable Care Act front and center. Rajat, did you uh, did you get a, a chance to look at that? I did get to watch a portion of the hearings, and I'm, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Democrats are realistic that they can't prevent this confirmation from occurring. So the way that I see it is they're bringing up key issues that are important to the majority of Americans in this country. Um, you saw Roe v. Wade uh, brought up, um, Amy uh, Klobuchar, Senator, um, brought up the Voting Rights Act, um, as you mentioned, health care, the Affordable Care Act. So, you know, courts matter and they're determined on who wins elections. So I see the Democrats using this as a way to educate the public as to how they indirectly choose who our, who our judges are. And that's well, through the elections. So I do see this as a key campaign tool to motivate not just Democrats, but also independents and those in undecided to come out and vote Democratic. Um, because um, the judge, she did not really answer a lot. Now, obviously, she can't respond to how she would answer, how she would vote on something in the future. But she wouldn't even comment on past writings of hers. So, you know, it was it was concerning to me. Well, let, let's bring you in here. I mean, I'm sure you heard a little bit. of One of the key issues that, uh, at least on the Democratic side, that they kept bringing up was whether she is compromised, whether there's a perception of a conflict of uh, of interest. And, where, and uh, apparently, even if there's a perception, she should recuse herself. Um, uh, there were some clear indications. I mean, one of the things she said that she didn't know that President Trump had said he would appoint judges who would strike down the Affordable Care Act. She kind of, do you really believe that? I mean, are we really to believe that? I mean, everybody knows that, don't don't we, Jeffrey? Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a you know my, 
I've been involved in five of these nomination fights for the Supreme Court, including yeah. Robert Bork when I was in the Reagan White House. And all I can tell you, and, and one of my best friends is now the, the chief judge of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, and we went through an enormous battle to get him confirmed. And one of the things I can tell you just observationally <laughs> is that judges live in a pretty cloistered universe. They are they are totally unlike state legislators or members of Congress or a- any politician out there, because all they do is sit in a courtroom all day or in their chambers and and think about the law, as it were. So it's entirely possible to me that she uh, was was not aware of it. But let, let me just get to uh, two things quickly. The political point we're, here. We're going to come back uh, to that one too, though. We're going to come back to that. That's not just going to be brushed off because also these judges are have loads of assistance. They are kept informed, and she was definitely briefed for for this appearance. It's impossible for me to think that people didn't. Okay. Have, well, let me let me. I just I just want to two two quick things. When when I was at that Trump Harrisburg rally, that was the day that she was nominated in the Rose Garden, and they had a huge screen there so everybody can see it. All I can tell you is she was wildly received by the audience. That's so politically speaking, I think she has enormous support out there. Right? A lot of them are sick now because they went to that thing. They they're in the hospital or or suffering from coronavirus. That's that's not true. That's not true. The number of people pretty bad. There were about fifteen thousand people there. I I don't see any stories about fifteen thousand people getting the virus from that rally. Wouldn't see that, but you did see a bunch of folks coming down with that. With the and in fact, they're calling it a super spreader event, from what I can see. But anyway, uh, let's, let's stop. Right. But, but, going uh, but yeah. there's a larger point here. I want to persist with this. There's a larger point. Right we'll come right back after we take a break. I'm going to let you uh, revisit this and bring in Rajette as well. So stay tuned. We will be right back to continue this conversation. Okay, we're back, and I know, Jeffrey, you were raring to make a point. Go ahead and make it, and then Rajat can, can rebut. The central point here that you see in these hearings is, is what is the role of the Supreme Court? It is not, in my view, and in the view of most Republicans, conservatives, the president, et cetera, it is not to be a super legislature. It is not about the judge's views of pick an issue, abortion, health care, gun control, et cetera. It is about what does the law and the Constitution say? The political end of this, the policy end of this, should never be made by a judge. It should be made by state legislators, members of Congress, presidents, governors, et cetera. That's their job. They're elected to do that. If you want X policy, get the votes, pass it, get it signed into law, and, and then move on. What you don't do is you have a judge walk into their chambers on a fine Monday morning and say, you know, I've always favored such and such. So I think I'm going to write this into the law. That, by the way, historically is how we got the Dred Scott decision, because okay, Justice Taney. I, I get it that you, you see. OK, well, so that's my point. Law, they interpret the law. I got that. But basically, let's focus in on what's happening now with the with the hearings, OK, of, of this person. And uh, the concern is, is that is she compromised? Is she been put there specifically to do something? And should she recuse herself? Uh, Rajette, I don't know how the Democrats, but I think Kamala Harris made a very strong case for that uh, in, in, in basically pointing out and asking the question prior to your nomination. 
were you aware of President Trump's statement committing to nominate judges who will strike down the ACA? And she couldn't answer yes or no. She was all over the place. How is that going to help us believe that she is a person of integrity if she can't simply tell the truth? Well, Jeffrey just made the case for me, to be honest. I mean, one thing about President Trump is he's very honest in his intentions. Just like he said that he wants to appoint judges to strike down the Affordable Care Act, he admitted that he expects the Supreme Court to determine this election and make give him a second term. She couldn't answer that question either when that was brought up. She would not answer that question, even though he's openly said that's the reason why he's pushing through a nomination so quickly, even though we all know this should happen after the election. Not, I'm not saying that as a Democrat. We have Republicans on tape saying the same thing. But as usual, they're just going along to get along. They're, again, there's, there's no leadership. So she's obviously aware. That's why she's being chosen. Now, the question is, Will she be independent when she's appointed? And unfortunately, that's something we don't know. The judge that upheld Governor Wolf's restrictions due to coronavirus was a federal judge appointed by President Trump. So, you know, a lot of times people say what people want to hear to get what they want. But then when they get that, they get there, they become their own person. Well, the only thing we can hope for is that once she's confirmed, she will be independent and not just go out, not just do what basically she's being appointed to do. I hear you, but there is another thing at stake here, and that is, uh, Jeffrey, uh, why don't you address this? There is the ordinary person's view and confidence in the court and in these judges. I mean, you really want to believe that they are people of integrity. They are people who aren't being used by by politicians, by the president or someone. And I mean, how people feel about this court and how people feel about these judges goes to the heart of whether we have confidence in our government and in our society in America. Well, that's exactly right. That's why they should never be politicized. That's why their views on any issue of the day should be irrelevant. Their view is should be the Constitution. What does the Constitution say? What does the law say as it is written? What is the, the precedent for? That's I, it. She did not, say. Not are you pro-life, are you pro-choice, are you pro-gun control, are you anti-gun control? That should be irrelevant. She did say, I will say this, that her personal feelings do not necessarily impact the law. For I think she has, uh, she was given an explanation of how she has children and she has a disabled child. But those issues, though her personal uh, issues would not necessarily impact the law. And yet, Kamala pushed her to say, well, what about all these thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who would lose health care? Your feelings about what would happen to them wouldn't impact the law. It's just going to be a cold, hard reading of the law. How do you think that went over with people, Rajette? Well, I mean, she's a human being. And as a human being, she has her own opinions and she has her own biases. And they will come into play. Um, that's just the way that is. We see that with, uh, you know, judges on trial levels, on bail sentencing, on, you know, the, <clears throat> to bring it back to where the average person deals with with sentencing. Sentencing and bails are not the same depending on who you are. I mean, that's just a fact. Mm. So judges do bring their own biases and their own opinions into things. And, you know, I think we're missing the key piece of this, which is the reason she was nominated. President Trump has said that he expects the Supreme Court <clears throat> to make a decision on who our next president is. 
He has said that he wants judges to strike down the Affordable Care Act. He's the one politicizing it by saying what he expects these judges to do as he appoints them. So, yes, the American people do not feel good about this. And this is why I think this will be a driving force for the Democrat Party to the polls. Well, you, you please point out to me the Democratic presidential nominee who campaigned on just keeping the law as the law as opposed to supporting judges who supported Roe v. Wade. There, are, there were not, none. You're there not are none. what I'm saying, though. That's the point. I mean, you can deflect again and put it on the Democrats, as you always do. But you have yet to say <laughs> what I'm saying is not true. The president is saying he is supporting these individuals to do A, B, and C. But yeah, sure, and, sure. and his opponents his opponents say the same thing, the exact same thing. What do you think? Do you think Joe Biden is going to pledge to put somebody on who's pro-life? Of course not. Of course not. But ideally, it would be good if the president and the politicians would not make these kinds of comments that cause us to have a lack of confidence in the judiciary. No, no, no. no. I, I do disagree with that, Joyce. This is the job of a president, and I don't care what party they're in. It's their job, and Joe Biden is not getting it done, to say, if I am elected, I will do X. President Trump said that. Ronald Reagan said that. Bill Clinton said that. Barack Obama said that. Joe Biden is suddenly saying, I'm not going to tell you because literally he said they don't just they voters don't deserve to know until no, after the election. The, uh, Joe Biden, you might not agree with that, but he has put forth the health care policy. Where's the president's? He has put forth a platform of issues of what he wants to do if elected president. He the said, Republican Party doesn't even have a platform. Their response is they're pledging their allegiance not to the country, not to the voters, but to one man, Donald Trump. He said, he said no the voters do not deserve to know what he will do about the court. It's on tape. I mean, I heard him. I, I tell you one thing. I have a concern. I just have a concern about the politicizing of the court, and it is happening. It's happening in front of us. When you have when you have the, it would be better if the president simply stayed out of this. Just didn't make these kinds of statements because it's setting her up for having to recuse herself. I think. Don't you think she's not going to recuse herself if if she has to decide on who's the president, Jeffrey? No, she, she shouldn't recuse herself. All right. She shouldn't recuse. Well, guess what? Ordinary Americans are going to think that's a setup and it's going to leave a sad taste, uh, a sour taste in our mouths. So did let's did Ruth Bader Ginsburg recuse herself with any issues regarding President Clinton? No. It, yeah, but, but this is different now. It's, I mean, no, it's not different. <laughs> it is different because President Trump is saying that he is appointing her to make him president. That's the difference. That's why he got upset with uh, Sessions, Jeff Sessions, because he recused himself on the issue he should have. He was put there to do something that was wrong, but he had the independence to not do that. Now, the question is, will uh, Judge Barrett be the same way? We honestly don't know. She was asked if she would recuse herself. If I'm not mistaken, she would not answer that. She didn't answer or, She's okay. left open, Esther, and which means she might. It it could be that she would say that, well, no, in this case, that she wouldn't do it. So I guess we'll have to see because it looks like this is going to happen, but we'll stay tuned and watch it. Why don't we move on and talk about, unfortunately, uh, you know, as we know, we're still having the coronavirus problem in our midst, in our country and in our uh, commonwealth. And uh, it looks like, um, you know, that... Uh, 
you know, we're going to still have these rallies and these things going on. And I know the governor doesn't like it. And it also looks like it, Dr. Fauci and the president aren't seeing eye to eye, especially with these ads. What's going on there, Jeffrey? The, the campaign is doing an ad, but Dr. Fauci says that's not what he said. Well, why don't they get this together and make sure they're all on the same page? Well, it, it is what he said. I've seen the clip. But what, what I find particularly amusing here is Democrats uh, have a video of Dr. Fauci using Dr. Fauci, not a peep of protest from Dr. Fauci about that. Uh, it's just when the president uses him. So, so that shows I mean, look, the, the issue he has with the president and with what's been said. I mean, the man himself. That, that's the that's the point exactly. Is that Dr. Fauci is part of the Washington bureaucracy that doesn't like the president? That's correct. Right. Is it possible that he disagrees with him actually on facts and science? That's completely outside of the realm of possibility, that this is a man who knows the science and he believes the president is not. Uh, and, there, and there are people involved in the science who disagree with Dr. Fauci. But so Dr. there you go. An expert. We've been lauded as such even by the president. That's what Yeah, I but mean. he's not the only expert. He's not the only expert. He's not the only scientist. He's not the only person in that but field. The and there are others who have differing points of view. Right, but he's the one that, why, why do you think the president hasn't fired him and put somebody else in the, I wonder about that. I mean, Regina, aren't you wondering that if they really don't see eye to eye, Dr. Fauci still has this supreme role and is still worldwide considered an expert in infectious diseases, one of the most lauded experts. Why wouldn't he just fire him and get rid of him? Well, he's well respected. And regardless of him not utilizing him, as we know, Dr. Fauci is has it still has a platform to speak out because he is so respected over the life of his career and you know the good thing about tapes and video is we have a record of what people say but the bad thing about it is editing they they didn't they didn't show the full the full his full <clears throat> remarks they just edited well, a was, small clip you better watch that what, what he was saying and number two you really shouldn't use people's uh, words in my opinion it's like using someone's picture you usually have to get the permission to do that and Dr Fauci is you know uh, telling people the full his full uh, comments and what it means and he's been very very consistent. Wear a mask, social distance, don't go to big mm -hmm. events, you know, be outside. Well, I mean, he, he hasn't really strayed from that. I mean, the, yes, president, he has. Uh, no, he ha the president is at a rally. First of all, I, I can't get over the fact he's making fun of uh, Joe Biden's age when he's, what, three years younger? They were in high school at the same time. I was a freshman and senior. At the <laughs> that kind of cracks me up. But there's still a lot making fun of people wearing masks. The president is. He's still acting like, oh, I had the coronavirus. Now we're all immune to it. That's not true. And even though there are differences among scientists, they all still agree with the basic principles of this virus and what needs to be done to help stop the spread of it. Yeah, well, all, all I'm saying, look, Dr. Yeah. Fauci himself was on 60 Minutes and said, don't wear a mask. The Surgeon General of the United States, Dr. Adams, said, don't wear a mask. Then later they changed. And now there are still people out there in science and medicine saying masks are not useful. So, so to deny that there is this kind of debate out there I mean, Dr. Fauci is, has, has made mistakes, and I frankly don't know. I mean, one minute he's saying don't wear a mask, and the next minute he's saying wear a mask. Well, Jeffrey, so he right contradicts himself. 
you're right that many of the doctors started off saying don't wear the mask, but the, but it quickly uh, developed that they thought the mask was the best. And you really do have to determine. You can go to one doctor who says you one thing and another doctor who says another, and you have to decide which doctor you believe has the, has the best guidance for you. You do have to make that decision. That being said, my question was simply, I, I mean, if I were a communications director, I wouldn't use someone's statement if I knew they would come back and say, I didn't say that, or that's not what I meant. That undermines exactly the message. I, and I just don't understand. The, the question is, what's going on between Dr. Fauci and President Trump? Why aren't they? Well, I think only they know. <laughs> I think only they know. And well, I, I think that the president disagrees with Dr. Fauci sometimes and vice versa. Well, exactly. The, the president wants Dr. Fauci to say what he wants him to say, and he's not saying it. It's, it's pretty simple. Let's move on. I mean, it's clear we're not going to solve this problem, but it is baffling that I, I just don't understand why you didn't fire him. I guess he doesn't fire him because he can't find anybody to come in and say exactly what he wants to say. I don't know. But let's move on to the what's happening with this census. It looks like the Supreme Court has sided with President Trump, the Trump administration, to stop this census count early. What's what's the rationale for for wanting to stop it early, Jeffrey? I mean, do you think that's going to hurt or help? You know, I frankly don't know. I mean, I, I, th this has been so needlessly politicized, in in my view. I mean, for, just from my perspective, this is to count American citizens, and what what I think they've been forced to do instead is count everybody. I mean, people who are not American citizens who are in this country, and they do it for purposes of increasing partisan representation in Congress, because as we know, th this situation comes every 10 years. And once all of this is settled, then the, in our case, the Pennsylvania legislature gets to the business of, of uh, redistricting. I, I have a feeling, I, I don't know this for sure, but I have a feeling we may lose yet another congressional seat. Uh, yeah, in like it's in our benefit to, to get as high a count as we can. Everybody's benefit, Republicans as well as Democrats, right, Rochelle? Well, I'm looking at the other side of it. Um, it it's, yes, it deals with redistricting. So, you know, depending on if you're an incumbent, it benefits you maybe not to have a count. It might benefit the other side to have a count to make the districts more competitive. But let's look at the other parts of the census. Poor communities, your minority communities, they're going to lose crucial funding. Remember, communities get funding based on the on the count for, you know, fire services, police services, community services. So a lot of communities that desperately need these funds are going to lose money because the president decided to cut the countdown. So I'm looking at the average American is the one that's going to lose out with this. Well, that's right. And, and, our, and, and these states are going to lose out. But, you know, it, at least he's one that I don't know if there's going to be another uh, appeal to this, but it looks like at least for now, this the census is going to stop. Uh, what is it through October? And, and I guess, Joyce, just just to, at least as I understand this and I'm reading from the material you supplied here, that the reason for this, uh, according to the Trump administration, for their stance, is they want the Census Bureau to have enough time to crunch numbers yeah, before there's a congressionally mandated, you know, year-end deadline for turning in the figures. Well, so that's, that's, that's the reason given. Pennsylvania. That's that's my thing. But anyway, let's 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 conclude with. Uh, 
I, you know, there's just so much we haven't gotten to, including this, what's happening with these attacks, the alleged plot, terror plot against the Michigan governor. I mean, that's a horrible state of affairs. But, you know, I, I'm sure nobody agrees with that. Right, right, Jeff? Oh, I mean, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> I mean, these people are nuts. The interesting thing I do find, though, is one of these people is on videotape uh, with an anarchist flag behind him spewing Trump hatred. And another one was a BLM supporter. So at first glance, this was passed off as white supremacists. There may be some in there, but there are other people involved in this, too, who were far from white supremacists and had other motives. But I, I would just say these are nuts. These are kooks. They're unbelievably unrepresentative of America of left and right. But the one thing that would help us, uh, I believe Rajette would agree, is that all leaders should condemn it, all of it. And we so should. I think we should have had a statement from the from the White House. The president should have said more. He said more about the protesters, the peaceful protesters with Black Lives Matter, than he did about these group of individuals plotting to kidnap, not just uh, Governor Whitmer, but I saw on the news this morning there was another governor that they were looking at trying to kidnap as well. Right. So it's these well. Are let's just let me just point out that it is the president's Department of Justice that got these people arrested. Yep, that's a good point. And but it's still a message needs to be sent strongly that we don't stand with people like this. We we're against them, no matter what party, no matter what side, where they come from, white, black, whatever. If you're an extremist, if you're out killing people, trying to kill people, you're not a good American. Not on either side. So with that, we got to call it to an end. I think we're at the end of our time. I want to thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Rajette. And thank you to our audience for being with us. We'll be back next week when, guess what? There'll be a lot to talk about. So if you want to join us, send us an email at topics at battlegroundpa.org or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Get ready. November 3rd will be here sooner than you think. Bye, guys.